Now Pedro, 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 Pedro got the right hand free. He's loose with the right hand, and he starts to retaliate, and down goes Nyland, and the two of them are hammering each other. Knights of Columbus, that hurt. It's old time market. Enforcer of all hockey podcasts. It's the biscuit. It's the biscuit. The enforcer of all hockey podcasts. God help the fucking day if fighting's ever banned. This our country will stop working on the Batman's fucking can. Hi everybody. It's the biscuit podcast. Hey, you wanna go? Yeah, okay. All right, Biscuit Babies, I'm here with uh, Kevin Young from the Hockey Riders. He covers the Montreal Canadiens, the Habs, and that's what we're here to do, talk Habs hockey. How are you, Kevin? Good, thanks. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, bud. Pretty good. Um, 47-26-9, well, their third Atlantic title in five years, and get ousted by the Rangers in the first round. What the hell? Scoring, man. It's uh, the name of the NHL anymore. It seems to be scoring. It's uh, it's tough to find, and uh, we lost it. I mean, a lot of it goes. To, you got to give credit to Henrik Lundqvist. Um, the For man, sure. the man just out- outplayed the rest of the Canadians. So that uh, was my that was my key to that series. Which whichever of those beast goalies was gonna you know out beast the other one. It, you know there there was not much that could happen besides that. Yeah, everybody kind of knew it was going to be a low-scoring series going in. And, uh, yeah, you, you, you pretty much nailed it. Um, the, the key to that series was definitely goaltending. The Rangers and Canadians play a really similar style. Uh, they bank heavily on their goaltenders and defense. So, um, yeah, Lundqvist just uh, came up big when it mattered. Yeah, he sure did. So, <clears throat> it's the biggest, like, you know, second biggest, you know, first biggest market in hockey, you guys in Toronto. And you miss the playoffs and you get out in the first round. We bring in, uh, it'll be Claude Julian's first full season. I like that pickup. What do you think of old Claude? I think that's a great move by the Canadians. I mean, uh, as soon as Tarion was, as soon as the, the rumors were starting about Tarion and uh, Julian was out there, I mean, uh, people started piecing it together. And then, you know, whenever he was brought in, um, I thought it made a lot of sense. There were a lot of teams looking at him. Um, so, you know, when you got four, five, six, seven teams looking at the same guy, uh, it means, you know, he's he's got something to bring to the table. Um, Julian's familiar with the, the Canadians organization. So, right. Um, and I like his style, too. Um, he focuses a lot on uh, the right things, and uh, he gets the best out of his players. Um I think he's going to be really good for players like Alex Galchenyuk, uh, um, Jonathan Drouet, and even Philip Deneau, the young centerman. Uh, he's got, you know, he's worked with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci for the last however many years, uh, so he knows how to get the best out of a centerman. I think that's really going to help. That's going to that's going to have to be key. Um, you had mentioned, you know, scoring is the name of the game. With Drouet coming in, you know, that really helps because that dude can easily put up. 30 you know 30 goals if he needs to and i mean and that's practically what he's going to have to do is come in and score in uh truckloads 
Yeah, I mean, I like the Drouet edition for sure. Uh, it was tough to see Sergachev go. I mean, he's uh, he's got to be one of the top five defense prospects in the NHL right now. But uh, at the same time, um, like you said, Drouet is capable of 30 goals easy, and he's still only 22. So right. um, that's uh, that's really positive. Um, it hurts to lose Alex Radulov. I feel like the, the addition of Drouet kind of offsets the loss of Radulov. But um, that one, that was uh, that's a dagger, man. Radulov going to Dallas, that was uh, that's a brutal loss. Yeah, I mean, it it really seemed like uh, he and the city of Montreal had a great relationship. He loved it there. They loved him. He's a fan favorite, you know. And then uh, all signs pointed to a return. And then you know, next thing you know, you're hitting one speed bump, two speed bumps, and then all of a sudden he's in Dallas, and it's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seemed from everything I was reading, it was like, okay, well, he's just going to resign. And then like literally like the next day is like, oh, he's gone. I was like, well, okay. I guess like you said, there was, there was a couple speed bumps in there and Dallas was giving him what he wanted. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think the big problem too is the, the provincial tax in Quebec uh, for Montreal to have matched what Dallas offered. I think his salary cap would have ended up, the cap hit would have ended up being something like 8.1 million just so that Radulov would end up with the same amount of dollars. So oh, okay. That was probably a big part of it. That's probably, uh, you know, something that goes uh, unnoticed between I mean, I, uh, American fans that there is that difference in currency. So players signing there and here, or if they go to Florida, there's no income tax, you know, so that's an incentive for a lot of players to go there as well. But, the, I mean, those things do come into play. This is the their job, you know, when it comes down to it. Yeah, a lot of fans overlook that sometimes, you know, and then they, they say, you know, oh, well, you know, they, they're greedy, it's all about their money, but, you know, these guys' careers, they don't last forever, right? They play 10, 12 years, and then that's it, so... Yeah, um, if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly, right, if you're lucky. <clears throat> so it makes sense that, you know, they want to get the most money that they can. Uh, it's hard to blame them, and, um, yeah, like I said, it's tough to see Radulov end up down south, but... Uh, can't really blame the guy, you know? No, you absolutely you can't. I mean, if you can go get the money, go get it. I mean, if I could go make that much money, I'd do it, you know? Amen, brother. Yesterday. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm really happy to actually see uh, Jonathan Drew and go get out of Tampa. I mean, he grew up a lot, but I think it's going to be a better fit for him, I think, mentally and stylistically for him to go to Montreal. Um it would have been scary to get him during all that when his brat phase, but uh, he really, you know, grew up a lot last season, and uh, it's going to be one. I like he's twenty two. He's going to be one hell of a hockey player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the big thing with Drew, uh, like you said, with the maturity thing, is um, I think the thing with Drew is that he knows that he's a good player, and he wasn't seeing the ice time that he wanted. Right. Of course, he's still a young guy. Um, you know, he hasn't really, he hadn't really proven anything in the league, but, um, you know, in, in Montreal, the, the big difference between Tampa is he's going to have all the playing time he can get, you know, he's going <laughs> to stay at top six one way or the other. Um, you know, he'll get more ice time, he'll have more responsibility, a lot more time on the power play too will help. It's yeah. hard to find power play time in Tampa with all their snipers, you know? Right. So, uh, I think he'll slot in nicely in the power play and, um, could see him really grow this year as early as this year. Of course. Uh, do you think he finds his way up on that top line? It really depends. 
I think on chemistry, uh, yeah. when I when I look at my potential long combos for next year, I, I think it's good for them to stick with kind of what they had at the end of last season. So um, I've got a, my first line is Pacioretty, uh, Deno, and Brendan Gallagher on the top line. I know Radulov was there last year. Yeah. Uh, and I've got Drew Line with Galchenyuk and Lekkonen on that second line. I think the second line can be really, really deadly offensively. Yeah, dude, that second line, that's not too hateful there with, uh, I mean... I think that, that that second line has a potential to do some damage. Yeah, I think Arturi Lekkonen is really one of the underrated young guys around the league. Um, he and Drew are actually the same age, 22 years old. Um, you know, he had, what, 18 goals, I think, last year, playing not even 12, 13 minutes a game. So um, a little bit more, same as Drew, a little bit more ice time, a little bit more responsibility. Uh, now that he's got that year under his belt, he kind of showed what he can do. I think he'll, I think he'll see some more ice, and I think he's going to be a really nice addition to the top six. So, with we've mentioned Radulov leaving, uh, Markov goes back to the KHL. I don't with the additions they put on D. I don't think that's going to be as big of a deal as uh, I think that a lot of hockey writers and analysts are making that. Um, with Alsner coming in and uh, Schlenko, I think their defense really isn't isn't too shabby. Especially, I mean, all said and done, you have to get through Carey Price anyhow. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think a lot has been made about the Canadians' defense this year, um, but I think it's mostly just kind of shock and awe. You know, there's been a lot of turnover. Um, I mean, even from three years ago, Jeff Petrie is the only defenseman uh, with the organization still from, from three years ago. So they've seen a lot of turnover, and it's it's kind of hard to piece it together. But um, like you said with Carl Osner, I think he's I think he's an underrated guy. I think he's really solid. Um, the only real issue is the, the lack of puck movement. So um, we've got all these guys that we were talking about, you know, Drew Galchenyuk, Lekkonen, that can put the puck in the net. But getting it to them in the neutral zone from the back end may be an issue. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that's why they brought in, you know, Mark Streit uh, okay. for here and there. Um, another guy I think isn't really getting enough of attention as he should is uh, Jacob Jarabek, the kid they signed from the KHL. Um, I personally, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on the kid. Uh, I just started looking into him when they signed him, but I was watching video and, uh, he looks like he's going to be a solid offensive defenseman. Uh, he likes to step up in the play. He seems to be the power play quarterback for whatever team it is he's playing. Um, and he's played with a lot of guys who have played in the NHL recently. So, I mean, there's guys like Yaroslav Spachek he played with in uh, 2012. Okay. Uh, Aksum Alexei Semenov, Franisek Kabale. He's played with all these guys. So, um, I think he's got a good idea of what the NHL is like and how to adapt. So, um, I think I think that might be a little bit of an overlooked signing in terms of puck movement from the back end. I mean that that would be huge for the Habs if he can progress and you know that offensive defenseman that would be huge for them to get somebody like that, especially under the radar and you know have teams start to have to 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 work for him like oh shit this guy's coming in we, we weren't ready for this. Yeah, no, nobody's going to kind of see it coming, maybe. And of course, I, you know, I could be wrong. Maybe he doesn't pan out. But um, you know, if if he if he ends up adapting well and 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 fitting in, um, then it could be a really underrated signing. He's coming in on an entry level contract, so you, you really can't argue with with cheap offense. Yeah, for sure. And what do you think? He'll probably make the bottom pairing. 
Probably not to start the season. Uh, I, I imagine he'd probably start in the AHL to start in Laval. Okay. Uh, the top six looks like it's pretty much set. Um, I mean, you got Carl Osner with Weber. You got Jordy Ben, Jeff Petrie, Dave Schlenko. Uh, I think Brandon Davidson is probably going to take that sixth spot. Okay. Uh, he looked pretty good uh, towards the end of the last year. I'm glad you mentioned Ben. I, for, I totally forgot. And I love when he got uh, traded over there at the, by the deadline last season. I think he's he's on the cusp of having a really good fucking year. I, th- I think he's right there. Uh, I love the way he plays the game, and he's uh, if he kept the beard, you know, more thumbs up for him. Uh, I expect him to have a pretty huge year. Did he lose the beard? Did he shave it? Or no? I I hope he doesn't. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's a beauty. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's looking at a, a good year coming up. Um, I mean, Greg Patteron was was gone no matter what. He was clearly not happy with the organization. So to get something for nothing is good in any scenario. Um, but Ben came in and played great at the end of the season. He worked his way into the top four. Um, I, I think he can keep that up this year. I don't think he's much of an offensive guy. Um, but you never know. He, he could have that opportunity. I think I, th- I think it's okay though if he isn't, you know. Yeah, of course he plays a great defensive game. He's he's sound. He's always in good position. He's got a great stick. Uh, he plays with a lot of grit. So I think that's really good for the Canadians back end. Yeah, I was going to say he's not a pussy. Like that 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 helps out a lot. Um, he's not afraid to to pump the chest a little bit and you know chirp and let them know. So that's that's always good to have on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you got a guy like Carey Price in your net, um, you're, you're always going to have people trying to get at him, get in his face, and, and kind of piss him off, you know? So, of course. Uh, I really like having guys like Osner, Weber, Ben, Schlenko, who can come in and say, you know, I don't think so, <laughs> back up, and, uh, and make Price, Price's job that much easier. I, I do enjoy, though, when Carey uh, has to take care of it on his own, too. I always love watching him give give blocker shots to dudes because that just cracks me up he doesn't give a fuck sometimes no he doesn't give a shit he's uh he's got no problem backing down and i think one of my favorite carry price moments has to be i don't know if it was this past season or it might have been the season before but um they were playing the rangers and i remember i don't remember who dumped it in but it was coming around the corner and chris Kreider is coming around after it and then price just steps out doesn't even bother with the puck and just lays Kreider out and <laughs> it down it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, he gets some beautiful moments in. I, I forget what game it was last season. He had the dude, you know, bent him over and just started blocker shot and right straight to the kidneys. Man, it was awesome. Yeah, I remember that. I think that was in the. I think that was in the playoffs, but I don't. I don't remember. But that was uh, that was glorious too. Oh, yeah. That's he's, uh, he's got no problem standing up for himself either. But you know, if it comes down to it, but like I said, with these guys in front of him. Uh, I don't think it's going to get to that this year. <laughs> Good. Yeah, he's probably happy too. Uh, <laughs> so he gets uh, the NHL Network's top goalie um, for this upcoming season over uh, Holby and Bravowski. And you'd have to be mad to not agree. Uh, he, when healthy, is nigh unstoppable. I mean, the dude is something to watch play the net. He's a fucking – he's a freak. Yeah, he's yeah he's some kind of machine or alien or something. I don't know, but um, you know I think NHL Network nailed it on the head. A lot of guys have been talking about uh, Holby and Bobrovsky, the two recent Vesna winners, and you know um, 
I was yeah. I was pissed at first just because I'm a, a Blue Jackets fan, so it was just some like <laughs> you know I was just salty about it. But then when you sit, I gave it a couple days and I watched it again and read over, it and I was like, well, fuck, they're right. Don't get me wrong. Like I think Sergei Bobrovsky is is an excellent goaltender. He's definitely one of my top three in the league. Um, you know, this year he was completely unstoppable. He made Price look like a like a little girl. You know. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes down to it, it's for me. It's more than just one season at a time. You look at Price, and nobody is as consistent as Price. And if you take Price away from Montreal, that team is looking pretty bad but you take Bobrovsky out of Columbus and you know Columbus has a really solid defense core really young defense core with Jones Savard Johnson um and then so much scoring up front with all these young kids so yeah I think Columbus stands a better chance without Bobrovsky than Montreal does without Bryce oh yeah I would much rather have Corpus play than Montoya are you fucking kidding me? like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no I totally agree for sure and then, like, uh, Montoya holds his own. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, um, you know, there's a reason he's played for X number of teams in X number of years. Yeah. Uh, and Bob, Bob's got to start. You know, they got to win a playoff series for him to be mentioned as the number one going into a season. I think too. You know, you gotta, well, they got some they got some shitty luck this year too, right? They drew Pittsburgh in the first round. Oh, so fuck, dude, it's. <laughs> We've been in the playoffs three times, and it's the Red Wings, Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh. Just there's no fucking chance. Yeah, you guys, you get really screwed with your with your playoffs. It's it's sickening. The best shot they have is making a wild card. Yeah, right. And then you know you're not playing these monsters. Yeah, try to try to not play in the Metro as much as possible. (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that. Though I mean, yeah, no shit. That that division is, is unbelievable. Oh, it's it's ridiculous, dude. Uh, and then Emelin, his departure, I don't think that's a big deal, dude. I think I, I'm not a big Emelin fan. What, what's your take on his 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 departure? I'm right there with you. I mean, um, you know, he's not he's not really a liability, but he's you know he's basically an older, slower Carl Alsner. <laughs> you know, and. Yeah. Four point one million. That's 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 tough to see on your payroll. So, um, you know, I I really thought that Vegas was going to take either Brandon Davidson or Charles Udon. Um, so whenever I saw them go with Yemelin, I was like, well, fuck yeah, you know, yeah. take this four point one million, and uh, you know, we'll keep our two young guys. That's great. He he seemed to be more of just an instigator than anything. He would just kind of piss teams off, and then the rest of teams having to deal with Emlyn's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and then it kind of it kind of throws the rest of the team off a little. Like, For sure, it seemed his bread and butter was throwing hits, and I mean, I love a good hockey hit just as much as the next guy. But I mean, to, to pay a guy over four million and have him playing on your third pairing, it just it doesn't seem to make too much sense. Um, and he's had some knee injuries and stuff, so hard hitting NHL defenseman over thirty with. Knee injury history, it just, uh, it's a recipe for disaster, so. Yeah, man. All right, dude, uh, we're getting, we're getting into it. What, what do you think is going to happen with the Habs this year? I, my prediction is, obvi- with, with Carey Price, you're going to the playoffs. After that, I don't, I don't really know what happens with them. What do you predict for this team for this upcoming season? Uh, yeah, again, I think you nailed it. It all depends on oh. price. If uh, price goes down with an injury, I mean, oh. Uh, oh. 
Oh, Pretty be, much it for the season, I think. Yeah, but that'd be so bad. If he stays healthy and, you know, uh, the guys we talked about before, like Drew and, and Galchenyuk and, and, and Alzer, and those guys bring their best, I think they can make a deep run. Um, but, I mean, the, the Atlantic division is so wide open, uh, it can really go it can really go either way. I mean, as much as it really burns me and hurts my soul to say this, um, I, I got to watch out for Toronto this year. Yep. Um, I think they're going to make a good push for, you know, maybe even first in the Atlantic. And then, you know, Boston, you can never count Boston out with... And you'd expect Tampa to be better this season, too. Tampa, yeah, of course, with uh, healthy Stamkos um, makes a huge difference. For I sure. think uh, I think Vasilevsky taking over with the number one full-time is going to be big for them as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, getting to the playoffs could be could be just as much of a challenge as getting through the playoffs. But it's like you said, with, if Price is on his game, um, I would expect probably 2-3 in the division. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I, I, I foresee a top three finish for this team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, I mean, Ottawa's Ottawa, you got to watch out for Ottawa too. Uh, if teams adapt to, to Guy Boucher's 1-3-1 style there, they might be in trouble. But if they can play that effectively like they did in the playoffs, I mean, they can make a push. Um, like I said, Toronto, I think Tor- I think it's either going to be Toronto or Tampa in that first spot. Yeah. Um, and then whoever doesn't get the first spot, maybe second spot or third, and then round out with Montreal. But again, that the, the Atlantic is wide open. Um, I mean, even even the Panthers, you know, like Florida looks pretty good this year too. No they had way, injuries. dude! No way. <laughs> I think they had some injuries last year that really hurt them. You know, they had Bukestad out for a long time. They had Huberto go down for a while. Uh, you know, those are two of their top guys, and they go down with injuries. I mean, I think Huberto's potential 30 35 goal scorer if he can stay healthy um then you know that's going to contribute a lot to their offense i like aaron ekblad a lot yeah uh, ekblad's I, a stud I, yeah i think james reimer's not really getting a fair shake in florida uh him and luongo make a nice tandem there and and reimer seems to always be underrated so i wouldn't count florida out of the playoff hunt i wouldn't maybe expect them in a huberdo huberdo can score 150 points and they're still going to be Second to dead last. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't re-sign Yager, so I mean that's that's it, probably what's going to be I've, their downfall. I've asked a few of the other uh, people I've had cover team. Is is he going to get a job? I'm here in Calgary now. Yeah, it's, it seems like every other week Yager's associated with some other team. Uh, <laughs> You can't expect to go into training camp and him not have a job. I mean, he the the guy he led the team in scoring last year, did he not? Uh, right, he's Yager Yager. He's still got it. He's still got it. So um, I think I think it's more teams are trying to work out what their team is going to look like and see if they've got a spot for him because you can't bring in a guy like Yager and throw him in your you know fourth line or third line or something like that. You got to have the you got to have a nice maybe second line spot for him with minimal minutes. Um, so at, I think maybe at this point they're probably going to be like, "Listen, bud, you're playing on the third line." That's just, <laughs> you know, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You have to look at other teams who are maybe hurting for offense a little bit, like um, maybe Detroit. Uh, obviously, they have a lot of cap issues. Yeah, um, you know, 
even Edmonton wouldn't be too bad of a spot. Uh, they've got a lot of young kids that could use some veteran leadership and extra little bit of scoring. Um, Does, would, do the Islanders have the room? I mean, Tavares could use a buddy. Yeah, Tavares. Yeah, <laughs> throw him on, the, throw him on the throw him on the fucking top line. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've got the spot for him, right? But um, yeah, they're they're right up near the. Uh, the cap too. I think it's just a little under three million for the Islanders. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be a spot in the NHL for Yarmy Yager. Just it doesn't seem right after after everything. Yeah, you can't let it. Just, someone's got to sign him. Somebody, don't let him go back to the KHL. No, I mean everybody's talking about Vegas too. You know, um, and I I think that would be really great. Um, he's he's such a character, Yarmy Yager. You know, and he'd be it'd be great to. To kind of help all their their team come together, give them an identity. Right. Now, the word on the street is, um, my buddy, uh, the gatekeeper of Chicago Blackhawks, Shoutcast, he had mentioned that Yager has a huge gambling problem. So he doesn't want to go to Vegas because of his issues. I mean, this is all hearsay, so I don't really know, but that's why he's kind of avoiding Vegas like the plague. Yeah, I can see that. I mean... <laughs> Obviously, I don't, I don't know much about the guy personally, of course, but um, you know, from what I've from what I've seen, he's you know he, he, he's not married or anything. He doesn't have any kids. He lives uh, he lives a bachelor life, so yeah, I, mean, I can totally see that, and um, that's probably a wise choice <laughs> on yeah, his part for sure. He'll probably go out there, get into human trafficking, and we'll never see him again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we both agree this team's going to the playoffs as long as Carey Price plays. Of course. Who are your three stars for the upcoming season for the Habs this this season? Uh, the obvious choice, number one, is Carey Price. Oh. Um, number two, um, ever underrated Max Pacioretty. Uh, this is a guy, you know, this guy scored 30 goals or more in the last five out of the last six seasons. He always, uh, always scores 30 goals, always. Always, always. And people talk about him like he's garbage, you know. Um, I, I look at the... The top goal scorers since the lockout season in 2012, and Pacioretty's top five. He's got more goals than guys like Tavares and Sege and Ben and Tarasenko, and you know he's outscoring these guys. He makes four and a half million, and people, you know, I was talking to a guy today. It's, you know, the oh, uh, what we don't need Pacioretty. He doesn't backcheck. Uh, all he does is stand away for a shot. He doesn't pass to teammates and blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, but. You know, how do you think Alex Ovechkin makes a living? You think Ovechkin back checks? You think Ovechkin passes teammates? No, man. He stands at the top of the circle and blasts him home. That's the same as Pacioretty. So I think Pacioretty is absolutely key to Montreal's success. Uh, if it weren't for Price, Pacioretty would be number one up there. Um, and then, yeah, number three, got to go with Jonathan Drouet. Um, Did you have he's a, gonna have to. Did you have. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Did you see. I think it was on TSN. It was uh, it was Drew in, uh, in Montreal, like right after he got traded, and he had like you know they were asking Canadians questions, and he's like they're, they're fl- doing flashcards of like Canadians players, and he's like holding up himself playing, and they're like he's like do you know who this is, and like all the clips they showed, people had no idea who he was. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I did see that. I, I, I honestly don't under it doesn't really make any sense to me. It's I, I can't. I can't really figure that out. I mean, Montreal is like hockey hub, you know? People yeah. live, eat, breathe Montreal Canadians, and then 
this guy comes in, it's one of the biggest trades they've made in the last decade, and then, you know, nobody knows what he looks like or, or who he played for or anything. Like, I, it doesn't make sense to me. If you walked up onto this, uh, walked up to me on the street and said, hey, do you know who this guy is? I'm like, yeah, it's you, motherfucker. Yeah, like, you're, you're oh, holding the flashcard, dickhead. I can see it right now. Like, <laughs> exactly. He, he, he must have just caught a picture of you. Like, it was probably like some kind of like, uh, you know, like Furby convention they were outside of like people that just would not know hockey or something they caught him off guard and like oh we'll go to this knitting convention and ask these people but it, it made for good tv at least yeah it was it was probably it was probably geared to geared towards that you know it's summertime so they got really not much going on their social media team needs uh needs to get some stuff out there <laughs> yeah so. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised at all if he leads this team and uh, and goals this season. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, I I, I don't know, man. I like I like him. I think he's going to score thirty plus. But for me, I think this is the year Pacioretty breaks forty. Um, you know, he's consistently close. It's thirty five. It's thirty seven. You know, thirty nine two years ago and dropped down a little bit this year. But I think this is the year that. Pacioretty breaks that 40 mark. Um, I think it still remains to be seen if Drew is a 40-goal guy. Yeah. Um, of course, a lot depends on who Pacioretty's playing with. Yeah. You know, if, uh, you know, one of, you know, Danell or Galchenia get hurt and he's stuck playing with Thomas Placanic, well, you know, you could probably count 25 goals for Pacioretty. I don't think there's anybody in the league that scores as many goals as he does, as quiet as he does. Like, he... You'd like next thing you know, you looked up like, oh, Pacioretty had thirty-seven goals this year. How, what the hell? Like he just kind of he just does his job very well and just just does it. And that, that, I think that's why people are on the fence with him. Like, oh, we don't need him or you know whatever because he's not really uh, like a, a huge personality. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he keeps quiet. You know, he's not one of these you know flashy, outspoken PK Subban type dudes. But I mean. Um, and that, that's another thing is, you know, how a guy like that goes kind of underrated in Montreal is kind of beyond me, you know? Right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's odd. Um, yeah, it seems consistently around the league, people talk about goal scoring, and they talk about, you know, Kane Ovechkin, Ben Tarasenko, and these guys, and then, you know, Pacioretty's kind of slipped in at the end. But um, for a guy that outscores a lot of these guys the last couple of years, uh, it almost seems unfair well, I guess what he's going to have to do is score 40 and shove it right up their ass, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kevin, dude, this has been great. I thank you very much. Um, you're writing for thehockeywriters.com, right? That's correct, yeah. So they can go check out your columns there. And then on Twitter, your name is? At KevinYoungTHW. All right, my man. Thank you so much, buddy. Oh, oh it's wait. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I do have to ask you uh, – on later tonight, I'm having um, Mark Alfred from the Black and Gold podcast, uh, yep. big big Boston Bruins. You got any words for the Bruins fans? I know you guys got a little bit of a little bit of a rivalry there. <laughs> hey man, as a house fan, you know I gotta I gotta take as many shots at Boston as I can. But as an NHL fan, uh, you know I I gotta stay civil. I gotta stay civil. You heard it. Uh, he I like said the Bruins. <laughs> you heard him. He said, "Fuck you, Boston." <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but you know, it's it's how it is. Every everybody knows what you're thinking, buddy. <laughs> hey, I, thanks. I try to be civil and stay neutral, but 
every time uh, every time I see a Boston Bruins logo, I kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> man, that's all I needed was that, dude. Hey, thanks again, Kevin. Man, you're you're the man. Yeah, thank you, man. My pleasure. All right, party on, bud. Cheers. All right, that was Kevin Young from thehockeywriters.com coming on to uh, cover the Montreal Canadiens for me. Merci, Kevin. Le français, s'il vous plaît. Un bonbon au chocolat. Uh... Ooh. You said you want to feel better? You want to stop feeling like shit? Go to Lucid Float Spas in Mount Vernon, Ohio. Would you? Please, for me. You will feel better, I guarantee it. Go see Chad. He'll hook you up. Chad massaged my hands. And uh, if, uh, it was a couple years ago. I was a welder by trade. And my hands were, were dog shit. Now they're not. Because of Chad. At Lucid Float Spas, Mount Vernon, Ohio. Go. Tom the Biscuit sent you. Maybe he'll show you his dick. I hope he doesn't, because that's probably illegal. Go follow us on Twitter, the Biscuit Pod, Instagram, the underscore biscuit underscore podcast. We're on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Radio. What else are we on? Google Play Music, Buzzsprout.com, number one hockey. Hockey podcast. That's us. Um, do me a favor. T- uh, tomorrow, when you're thinking about being a pussy, don't. Freedom. Hockey. The biscuit.